Hello there, this is Henry Harrison. Welcome back after a brief hiatus to the spiritual foundations of mental health. Today's topic, mom is always nearby. Now what's behind the hiatus? We've had the blessing. My family and I have had the blessing of transitioning from New Jersey to the land of Israel. And we're so excited. And it was not as easy as I thought to maintain the weekly recordings during that transition. But here we are. We are back, God willing. And in fact, today's topic is inspired by events and experiences I've had so far in our new home. Um, so let's begin. Let's review the basics. What are we talking about when we speak about the spiritual foundations of mental health? So what we're talking about is the fact that uh, despite the variety and even sometimes volatility of our feelings and moods and psychological experience, despite that volatility, there is always an unconditional connection to well-being. We are unconditionally connected to mental well-being. Why? Because we're connected to a single simple source. The way our feelings and moods work is that they are um, coming from a single simple source. And while it can look and feel that in fact our feelings and moods are coming from anything but one single simple source rather it could look like they're coming from all kinds of events and circumstances beyond our control complications in our lives inside of us in our past in our future it can look and feel so compelling that in fact all those things are shaping and and fashioning our feelings and that can be very unsettling like I like feeling good. I don't like feeling frightened and bad. And I can't seem to get uh, control over the things that I will believe will make me feel good. And I can't seem to get control over the things that are making me feel bad. That can feel really unsettling. But when, we, when we're curious and interested in looking for the single simple source behind all feeling, all feelings and moods, then we can have a whole new relationship with this fantastically um, rich experience that we're having called feelings and moods. We can have a new relationship with feelings and moods and we can, they can become a part of a world that is healthy and safe and while difficult and challenging, nonetheless meaningful, healthy, and safe. And here's what I mean. Um, we can, um, we can get gripped. I get gripped by moods, by feelings, by my internal weather pattern can get quite dark quite quickly. Fear, self-blame, judgment, accusations toward myself, toward others. And it can feel quite distressing and quite disruptive. And yet, I've come to appreciate that those, in a sense, are weather patterns. They're not really telling me about the instability of my life or the difficulty of my life or my capacity or lack thereof, they're, they're really telling me more about kind of how this flow, this unending divine flow is showing up in my heart and mind moment to moment to moment. And while this includes the experience of painful feelings, it, 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 it becomes the case that the painful feelings are not really a problem. Yes, they hurt, but they are not dangerous. They're not the basis for running away, fighting, kind of the fight-flight reaction experience that can so destabilize our lives, that can so easily introduce 
introduce poor decisions, unhealthy decisions that can really affect our personal health, the health of our relationships and our meaningful commitments, it is absolutely possible to make choices that are destructive to oneself, to relationships. Um, and yet, much the basis of those poor decisions generally comes from a misunderstanding about how to navigate those hard feelings that we're having, how to navigate those hard moods. That's where those poor decisions come from, is that misunderstanding. And what I'm interested in exploring, for my sake, for anyone who's interested in listening, is to understand more, uh, more deeply the beauty and the simplicity of that single, simple source, that clarity that allows me to be with the feelings and moods of my life without having to try to exert a, a false control over them. It allows me to see where I have actual leverage and can make meaningful choices and where I don't where I don't have meaningful leverage, and therefore it's not on me to do. And the way I talk regularly about the idea that I don't I don't view the weather out there as something in my domain. And therefore, remarkably, I don't I don't suffer very much about uh, the weather being not the way I'd like it to be. In fact, I don't even really have much of a perspective of the way the weather should be. I, I really don't. It doesn't occur to me so often to have a strong opinion about how the weather should be because it's so far from what I think is within my control. Like it just doesn't occur to me. And as a result, I don't suffer as much. I don't suffer very much at all for, um, for weather that changes. I, I really don't. And I think that's true for most people. Places in our lives where we really have come to appreciate it, we're not, we don't have control over, we, we experience quite a bit of well-being with and then, of course, places where we perceive ourselves to be in control and we're not, that's where we suffer. That's where we struggle. That's where we, um, we kind of grind away and exhaust ourselves as if we were to think that, in fact, like the weather, we could control it. It's exhausting to try and change the weather. There's internal, there's internal weather. There's, a, there's the internal weather of our feelings, our moods, and... We don't need, it's not, in our, it's not in our domain to control it, and it's exhausting to try to do so. Now, of course, as we've spoken about on many occasions, that's not to say that your feelings are irrelevant information. It's not so. It's like a smoke alarm, and you could, if you're experiencing anger or jealousy or, uh, or depression, it could be that it is... Uh, it's alerting you to, hey, there's something, there's a violation that's happening, that you're violating your own values, someone's violating a trust. It could, it could be alerting to something that is actually happening. Uh, but it's information that you can then use to kind of look at your life and make meaningful responses. It's not something that, that need grip you, that need kind of yank you around where you don't experience any space of response possibility. You just, that the being yanked around by feelings is, is, uh, is quite difficult. In a given moment when a feeling arises, a difficult feeling, to the degree that we have some understanding about how feelings work, we can be with those feelings and then start 
there's a space, there's a separation, there's a kind of a, a watching of the feelings that allows me to have a relationship with the feelings and not kind of be owned by the feelings. And all of this fits under a beautiful mitzvah called to know there is a single simple source to affirm that there's a, to affirm a belief in a single simple source that is literally the source behind everything. Nothing can exist moment to moment to moment. Nothing exists, including the flow that flows through my heart and mind, except with, except because of this creator and anything that looks to be the source of this feeling in a given moment, other than the creator is a misunderstanding. Those are unbelievably meaningful um, points of truth to, to look to, to affirm, even if we don't sense them and feel them, to be interested in those truths, to be willing to look and explore what's the, well, how does that work and, and can I see that more deeply? Just the openness to looking in that direction and exploring it is itself a mitzvah. And today's topic is mom is always close by or something along those lines. I was, um, I was struck in, 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 within the first number of days of having transitioned to our new home in Israel. Um, I saw as I was walking down the stairs to our apartment that there was a boy who I hadn't seen around. It didn't seem to me that he was a boy who lived in the building in which I was living. And I looked at him and he seemed like he might, I, did, I wasn't clear if he felt out of place or if he was kind of lost. And I said, are you waiting for your mother? And he said, yeah. And I said, um, listen, if you, for whatever reason, uh, if, if, if she's not coming and you want to call or you want to, uh, you know, come inside, I live right down those stairs and to the left. So he looked at me and he must have been all of about eight years old, approximately. And he looked at me and he said, There is no such thing as mom not coming. And I looked at him and I was struck by the simple clarity of this eight-year-old. There is no such thing as mom is not coming. And I thought to myself, wow, fortunate is the boy. Fortunate is the child who knows. In that simple, straightforward manner, my mom is not going to fail to show. And then I thought about that, like, where is that relevant to me? <laughs> is that relevant to me? And I realized, yeah. You know, in Hebrew, the word for mother is ima. Ima, in fact, shares the same root. Roots are, the, the concept of a shorashim in Hebrew is a fascinating idea. Words that share a, a common root uh, reflect the meaning. There's, a, there's a, a deeper correspondence between the meaning of these words that can be so revelatory. The word in Hebrew for mother, ima, shares the same root as the word for emuna. E aleph mem. Aleph mem is the, is the core word for mother, and it's the core, it's, it's at least uh, two-thirds of the root for the word for belief, for uh, a certain trust, of trusting belief. That part of the role of a mother is to create this uh, bond, to affirm a presence in one's life. 
obviously a presence that is warm and nurturing in the in in proximity and physical proximity, but a, a, a warmth and a closeness that it it takes root in a child's heart. That a child could be who knows how many blocks away his mother was, not in the physical proximity of his mother, but the sense that my mother's life is surrounding me, her warmth, her devotion, her concern, her love, it, it, it becomes like the basis, it becomes like the context in which a child can live out his life, can learn new things, face new difficulties, face challenges. And this child, this mother has succeeded in sharing with her child that I'm here, I'm with you. I am completely interested in tuning into you, in, in knowing you, in being concerned about your well-being and your needs. Um, you, you're not going to find yourself alone as far as our relationship. That was the reality of that. There's that that like intense that intense presence, that intense. Uh, and warm kind of affirming presence. How does that relate to me? I thought to myself, well, the truth is, is that even it's wonderful that a child gets exposed to that. How fortunate and rich is a child whose parents succeed in conveying that attitude. But not always is it the case that a child experiences that, or even a child who has extraordinarily devoted and loving parents, he still has within himself, um, a part that flows with mistrust. It flows with uncertainty. It flows with fear and anxious feelings. There isn't, uh, the way that we were created by our creator is that we flow with warm and trusting feelings and we flow with self-centered mistrusting feelings. We flow with both. Now, there's no question that a, a wonderful childhood with the help of a devoted and, and skilled and loving parent can equip a child with the ability to navigate that that mistrustful negative flow, the ability to kind of understand and be at peace with the whole variety of flows that flow within him. But it's not a lost cause if, let's say, for whatever reason, a child didn't experience that. Or even with that loving, devoted parenting experience, he feels or she feels beset by strong and persistent and chronic um, feelings of fear and anger and uh, loss of control. It's still the case that as a, as an adult, I can choose to acknowledge, you know, that there is a single simple source. The, the presence of angry feelings, mistrusting feelings, anxious feelings, there's no such thing there's no such thing that the love of my creator is not arriving. People will sometimes ask me, I, I've lost the flow. I've lost a sense of connection. I used to have it, but I don't know where it went. And my understanding is that really what's going on is that they've, they've kind of misread the flow. The flow includes the presence of the flow and the presence of that, that loving presence includes a whole variety of feelings. And of course, innocently, but mistakenly, we can amplify the negative feelings through our innocent, but mistaken understanding. We can turn toward confusion thoughts, fearful thoughts, angry feelings. We can turn to them mistakenly and look to 
solve them, look to rid ourselves of them, look to fix them. Innocently, we amplify them. Innocently, we engage them. Innocently, we, um, we, we rather than being with them and letting them, letting them be with a curiosity, letting them be with the willingness to accept, to affirm, I know there's a single simple source and I'm a partner by receiving this flow and acknowledging that there is, it's all part of a healthy and safe world. By, by, by accepting that, I become a partner, and I become a partner, as we've discussed many times, in kind of a birthing experience. Those, those, those frightening and anxious feelings are, in a sense, kind of like contractions. They allow us to discover the limits of our power. They, dis- they allow us to discover that there is a power way beyond us that is making use of us, that's working through us that's benefiting us, that's guiding us, that's constricting and expanding us, and that's allowing us new discoveries, new insights. Um, Of course, it includes a birth process, and it's healthy, and it's safe. So I think to myself, I get to walk through my life looking and asking myself, where am I? Where am I with this idea of ima, enkaze devashi ima lotagia? Where am I with that? Oh, I've lost track of that. <laughs> it looks to me in this moment that mommy is nowhere to be found. Mommy has forgotten about me. Mommy has just left me to my devices. And it just feels pain. It feels so painful and hurtful. You know, where am I with that? Oh, I'm, I'm, I've lost track. Okay. Okay. I, let's gather that. Let's, let's, let's kind of reset not reset in the sense of like change our feelings. Let's revisit what do I know about this moment? What do I know about the truth about how feelings are flowing and how moods are flowing? Is there something to learn that I'm open and interested to learn what there is to learn? But in this present moment, I affirm that it's, there's a, it's healthy, it's safe, and it's good to be alive, including with the whole variety of difficult feelings that it entails.